No fun in the sun. The Sharks only get one. Let's talk about it right now on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is December 8th, 2019. The San Jose Sharks come into Florida and only get two goals. Unfortunately, they give up a lot, including a lot of power play goals. Um, but that's what it is. The Sharks lose this one 4-1 to one to the Florida Panthers. Waka waka. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live and interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every single game. So do us a favor. If you want to be part of the show, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the YouTube chat, on the page, or the app. Follow us on the social on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course now on Discord. You can check us out, including our After After Dark chats on there as well. And of course, for more Sharks content, visit tealtownusa.com. And don't forget, a new technologist will drop tonight at 8 o'clock. So with that, good evening, everyone. You are stuck with me. I am Eric, otherwise known as PuckGuy14. Glad to have you on this one. Uh, you know, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to get right here with Chris. Chris, good to see you, my friend. Uh, November wasn't really indicative of who this team really is, unfortunately. They also had a light schedule, and they also were at home. Um it's not good. It's not good, and and that that good November, you know, kind of kind of covered up the the little rough spots that this team was in, and it's now we're seeing them again. Plain and simple, we're seeing it again, one more time, and and it's getting it's getting bad, and it's getting bad. So, alrighty, let's get at it. So the Sharks, um. You know, yeah, exactly. I like how they broadcast. They felt the need to keep telling us about what a great improvement today was since they were giving up six goals or whatever. You just got outscored 11 to 2 in the state of Florida. 11 to 2. Your, your top power play or your top penalty kill unit has let in two power play goals in the last two games. And granted, they are dangerous teams. Stamkos alone is going to scare you. Barkov with Florida also going to get 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 things going for the Panthers. Well, we saw that today on the two nothing goal. You saw little things come out here and there, and guess what? It it hurts. And of course, things don't start well off at all with the Sharks for the fourth time in in what, five games? And correct me if I'm wrong, chat, but the Sharks allow the first goal of the game in the first five minutes. So no, before that, my goodness, let's let's talk about the little little uh, testiness that went on between Eric Carlson and Mike Hoffman. Uh, so, oh, and Michael Meyer. <laughs> yes, uh, I'll, I'll get this on here. Super Chat 499, uh, supporting TL Town USA, says don't spew all the Pollyanna crap. Uh, appreciate it. You know, I, and granted, granted, you know, 
if there were some positive, we would love to share positives. But at the same time, you got to call it out. You have to call things out. And that's the problem here is that there's stuff that's being called out that have constantly happened over and over again. I mean, what else is there to do? I mean, yeah, okay, they only allowed four goals tonight. Lottie freaking da. Oh, good for you. And like Ian says, where is it? Two or fewer. Seriously, two or fewer. Uh, I, I, I should have brought this up beforehand, but two or fewer. Yeah, the Sharks are doing two or fewer, and not in the good way right now. You had one goal tonight against uh, the Florida Panthers. We'll call it tonight. It's getting dark outside. We'll call it tonight, all right? It was 5 o'clock start over there. Don't don't at me. You know. But you look at it, and, and we'll go through the last few games, okay? Sharks lose 5-1. to one. They give up one goal, or they score one goal. Tampa, 7-1. to one. They get another goal. Carolina, they scored two goals and lost in the shootout. You got two more goals against Washington. That's six. You see a pattern developing here? I mean, I can go into November if we want. You know. I mean, the last time they, they allowed... Okay, they got four goals against the Desert Dogs. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Got to hydrate when, it's, when it goes low. Okay, there we go. You go back to the Winnipeg game where they lost 5-1. They've only allowed they've only scored two or fewer all but one game. So 1 2 3 and 4 5 6 7. In seven games they've been two or fewer themselves in the six of the last seven games. With the talent that you have on this on this squad, and we're not even going to get to the power play just yet because oh my god, you know. Um, but the but you have Evander Kane, and we'll get to him a little bit later. And I can and, and trust me, I'm 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 a little upset as as he is tonight about that hit. You get Evander Kane. You have Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture, Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc. This is his contract year. He's supposed to make a big one. You know, you have legends in Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thornton. You have two of the greatest offensive defensemen in the game today that's not named John Carlson right now because the Caps, John Carlson's on just a ridiculous roll. And you have key you have key cogs that can do something, like Melker Carlson or Marcus Sorensen, you know, you, you have those those little guys that can that'll key in every now and then. Dylan Gambrell's starting to become one of those guys. But when you have that much offensive talent, and in the last seven games, six of them you either scored two or fewer, that's unacceptable. And then on the other hand, where we love two or fewer, you know. You see, just and I'll just use just the defense alone. You have five goals against Florida, five goals against Washington, three goals technically in the shootout. You know, uh, then seven goals against Tampa. It's like, oh boy, that's not good. That's not good at all. Ian, 
the Sharks have good players, but they're not a good team, and that's the reality. And you know what? It, and, and I get where AJ was talking about it the other night, where Eric Carlson's a good defenseman, but he's my, maybe not the right type of player for San Jose. I get that. And, and I get that a lot more versus than, well, we got 92 million reasons to do that. Whatever. He's going to get that money either way. Yeah, it's going to tie us up in everything. But, you know, it is what it is. And that's the thing. Is he may not be that guy that the Sharks needed, but this is a trickle effect at what Doug Wilson has done. And it's nothing disrespectful at all. But here's the thing. In 2011, they trade, you know, a number of guys to get Brent Burns. Well, everybody was saying, well, we already have Dan Boyle. What are we doing here? I think this is what he, what DW is trying to think. He's already trying to think ahead to getting the next guy. You know, getting Eric Carlson now rather than that. You know, so that's that could be something. That could be something there. Uh, Ian, maybe you see a change, but you still have Martin Jones in goal, and I don't think a new coach can effectively negate that. There's something going on with, with Martin Jones. And I... And correct me if I'm wrong, chat. Though he got injured, what, December of 2016? Where he missed almost like two, three weeks. And he just hasn't been the same since. And that's the and that's a concerning thing, and he'll have these flashes in the pan. I mean, look, he was a th- he was named third star of the week last week. Now, now you know, you look at the game tonight, and you know, it, it's just it's just rough. And, and these guys, yeah, it was an eight seventy five uh, save percentage, but it's just rough, and, and it's tough. And it's tough and it's painful, you know, uh, and whether it's bad positioning back to neat, Chris, you just said that. Thank you very much. You know, uh, or Dell, you know, I, something's going on, whether it's, you know, psyche positioning, you know, we, there's a couple, a number of people have mentioned his positioning. I get that. But at, at the same time, you know, why aren't we catching that? Or or for the power play, you know, we enter this game with, what, 10 straight games without a power play goal? The last time they scored a power play goal was November 16th against Detroit. And early on, and I had meant, and I asked Kurz this on, on Twitter, you know, when was the first time we mentioned it? Because that was the first time that PDB was like, no, I'm not concerned about the power play. Well, if you weren't concerned then, I hope as heck you're concerned now when you get like 0 for 22 on the power play. Yeah, they got a goal tonight. We'll get to it. In fact, let's get to it now. So, entering tonight, the Sharks have always had a tough time entering. (laughs) Chris, yes! Yes. Yes, if you remember the beginning of Technology After Dark in 2015, this was it. Is the great November the new, we won three games at the end of February. Yeah, plain and simple. 
you know, or, or, oh, we had that stretch where we beat Chicago twice and Anaheim twice. Oh, they're here, you know, for real. But, you know, that's, that's the thing. Anyways, get off of my uh, soapbox there, but let's get at it. All right. You saw right away, and this is the first time that Eric Carlson and Mike Hoffman have been on the ice since uh, their last time playing together in Ottawa. Um, and if you want to look at all that controversy with Hoffman's fiance and Eric Carlson's wife, go right ahead. Um, but obviously it, it trickled over and there were some cross checks and some smack talk being thrown. No penalties, though. Uh, and that seemed like that was it. You know, uh, you know, hurdle, not obviously not being 100% has been a huge drag on the power play. Yep. Uh, you, you all need healthy players. And of course we know about, um, Redeem Shimmick. He was, uh, he went home for a little procedure on his knee. And honestly, I, again, I don't, I don't mean the disrespect, but we've heard about Tomas Hurl having some setbacks with his knee. We had Joe Thornton had setbacks with his knee. Of course, Shimmick here. Let's not forget Rafi Torres' setback when he when he was here in 2013. He never recovered. He had like like a six game stretch where he was on a roll, but he never really recovered. What's going on with these knee problems? There's definitely a tr uh, a trickle here. It just doesn't seem right that we're getting these guys back in the play. And and you know, Shimmick's injury was back in March. And usually five months, five months is usually where these guys are starting to get back in the thing. And they said, oh, yeah, you'll be ready for opening night. And then what came back in November? So, you know, um, you know, and, and James Abel and the Penguins have no Crosby, Hornquist, Dumoulin. Bukestad, Malkin, and there's missed 12 games, and they're a top five team. Yeah, you know. Uh, so Hoffman and EK65, just uh, you know they uh, you know they have a little word of word of mouth, and, and everything is already so. Alden, ready to roll. Sick of this. Just rip the band out right See, my mouth was just like the Sharks during these last two games. Just didn't want, want to cooperate properly. Uh, just rip the band aid off already. Blow it up. I can't see them wanting to blow it up. I can't see it. You know. Uh, so let's get at it. Uh, 4.04 in, LeBanc takes a hooking call. That's his 12th minor of the season. I mean, it, it's already bad enough. It's already bad enough that, that he's all, was serving so many uh, bench minors. Now it's like, okay, man, come on. you got to keep your legs moving. Kendall Coyne Schofield called, you, called that out today. You know, so uh, there, there's all that in. Uh, looks like I'm going to get another person to jump on here. Thank goodness. So give me a sec here. Uh, we'll get that all set up.
Um, but seeing a lot of comments in the chat, <laughs> you know, Georgie Vilnoff, you know, get to here on here. This this team is ran out of excuses. It's time for changes. Um, so. Ian, I'm trying to get a hold of you there, so just uh, you're jumping on here. Cool. All right. Let me get Ian positioned in here. Uh, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, do us a favor. Uh, jump in the Super Chat. We appreciate the donations. Felix, I, I see you made up for your swear jar, so thank you very much on that one. I am pleased to be joined now by not Hockey and Ghosts. <laughs> no, I am joined by the one and only Ian Vlogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. Ian, good evening to you, sir. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Perfect. Chat, let me know if you can't. We'll uh, fix that accordingly. Um, Here's the thing, right? Like, I'm just seeing a lot in the chat, and this is why I wanted to jump in. I'm going to try and do my best to minimize background noise because it's an early game, so obviously there's going to be craziness going on behind me. So if there's background noise that you're not used to hearing, I apologize in advance. But Understandable. People are talking, like, in the chat about blowing it up. How can you blow it up? You're completely spent to the cap. You have maybe one liquid asset in in Brendan Dillon. Everything else is locked in long term. You know, you, you, you talk about Martin Jones, like Martin Jones buyout would be an eight year buyout if you bought him out this spring. Yep. That's an eight year buyout. Like, and, that's bad. And you're still making up for what uh, Paul Martin's buyout still? Uh, I think that's done after this year. Yeah, I mean, but uh, that's but that's the point. I mean, that, that no offense to Paul Martin, but he's been gone a, a bit now. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like you're gonna you're gonna pay for that mistake for eight years, and and the it it'll be fine. Like the last four years of that, I think it's only one. It's just under two million dollars. But here's the problem: so you buy out Martin Jones in June. Let's just just for hypothetical sake, just you know, we'll. We'll, we'll go down this rabbit hole. You buy out right. Martin Jones in June. You, you're going to be paying for, you know, you're probably not going to get a top plate goaltender with that money because goaltenders don't go free agent. Nope. So you're probably going to end up with, with maybe you get moderately better goaltending, but because of the buyout, you're still paying like you're paying for a top flight goalie. Like the, the Sharks are screwed either way because you buy out Martin Jones, you know, again, down the rabbit hole. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you you know so you have that buyout money and then you put some money towards a new goaltender because obviously Aaron Dell's not going to be the guy to step up and take it. Coronesh is an NHL ready, um, so you're going to have to bring in a guy who's going to make you know who makes maybe three four million. You're still paying the same amount of money for probably the same goaltending. That's that's the problem with this team. That's the scary part. And and that's the thing. It's like where the Sharks are at a crossroads. I mean, you yeah. have no first-round pick. You don't have a third. Well, you have the Phillies' third. You don't have a fourth or a sixth in this draft, or or your or your own seventh. You have two picks from Washington and Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You know, no, I mean seventh, whatever. I mean, I know the Sharks. That's a huge. That's a that's a huge important pick for them. The right. seventh round, but I mean, a seventh rounder is whatever. It's it's that. It's the lack of the top pick. You're probably like this is the the sad thing is Ottawa's probably scoring two top 10 picks this season this upcoming season and that's that's bad you know that that wasn't you didn't make this trade to you didn't make the eric carlson trade to 
to give Ottawa two top 10 picks. No, and all of a sudden they go from the guy who gives up the gives up the fourth, essentially the fourth overall pick to Colorado to now being Colorado this season and rubbing their hands like, yes, oh, please, oh, please, you know, don't make the playoffs. And now we get a shot at it. And, and Ian, we all know, hashtag that's so sharks, that whatever pick that the ball the ball picks mm-hmm. you, you know that's going to go number one well at that point you fire doug wilson because how can you not at that point and, and that's because you because if you if you miss if you miss like a top five pick even even I'd, I'd argue a top 10 if you miss a top 10 pick you set your franchise back probably at least three to four years right and, and you lose that pick altogether that's just it's not good right i mean this that's not good you this team look at this team it's on a little bit of a downward trend you know you're talking earlier and i know you want to get back to the game here but i mean you're talking earlier about you know how like the talent like yeah there's a lot of talented individuals on this team but there's not a lot of support for those individuals the the cracks are getting very glaring you know you look at um i think the sharks have have two good lines they have a good first line and they have a good fourth line their, their second and third line is where they're having the most trouble because you have a guy like, let's say, like Tomas Hurdle's obviously not 100%. We've seen him pulled from games, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like as he goes, the team's going to go. You look at the power play. I, I don't think the fact that the power play has fallen off and Hurdle's hasn't looked himself is any – that's there's that's definitely not a coincidence. Yeah. And, you know, um, you want a lot you – know, you're looking at other things too – I mean, Patrick Marlowe for what you're paying for him, I guess you're getting decent you're getting decent play out of Patrick Marlowe for <laughs> right. what you're paying for him, but he's not Patrick Marlowe anymore. Joe Thornton isn't Joe Thornton anymore. No. So there's two thirds of your of your third line that's supposed to be, you know, on a on a team, on a Peter DeBoer team where you're supposed to be able to roll four lines of hockey, he has two lines he can roll. So I mean, as much as I think Peter DeBoer is an idiot and I don't really like Peter DeBoer, but like it's at I'm I'm at the point now where I can't just lay this all at Peter DeBoer's feet anymore. No. Nope. Because Doug Wilson did this to the team. Doug Wilson gambled, thought that he would get last year's Thornton and kids were gonna come up and step in and be able to play roles. None of none none of that's happened. No. And, and, none of it. And that's the big thing. We were sold on Shemilevsky and Chekovich and Blitz. I think Shemilevsky, I mean, Shemilevsky, I still have high hopes for, I think, oh, yeah. um, just came back from injury. But, I, but you know, that was still a, a same a same thing. You know, that was the same thing. Like, you know, you're expecting a lot of guys to just come in and steal jobs. And it, it was blatantly obvious in camp that wasn't happening. Like, we saw that from training camp. Which is, which is scary. I mean, they were, I think... It was obvious that they were expecting these kids to make the big jump to fill these holes, yep. to kind of start the the mini retooling while still having a contending team, and it just didn't happen. It didn't materialize. Yeah, and I think, you know, for the longest time, I think everyone, including me, forgot how old Brent Burns was. <laughs> Starting to show it a little this year, isn't he? Thirty four, going on thirty five. Scary to like, think. Yeah, I, I, it's you know, because you look at Brent Burns and he looks, he definitely, you know, he he looks, he doesn't look that, but his play this year, 
just starting to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, cause you're at a crossroads and, and you're hoping in the speculation, you know, th- that, that these guys can be spackle and put this team back together. Just, it just isn't happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the developed players, well, don't get me started with who runs the CUDA. Um, you know, he's had good talent, and when the good talent is there, they're quickly brought up. Well, yeah. well, and here's the thing, though. I mean, to, to Roy Sommer's credit, he has basically he has basically changed that. He has coached that team to be ready to make the jump to the NHL team. Like he is always, you know, a lot of people crap on Roy Sommer, but I give Roy Sommer a lot of credit because through he's basically coached through what three coaching regimes now that have sometimes drastically changed the way this team plays. And he's matched the the Barracuda slash Worcester yeah. to play that style of hockey. Yeah, Ashley, if you're ready, four, Ashley yeah, four, yeah, Sutter, uh, Ron Wilson, Todd McClellan, and uh, PDB. So yeah, yeah it, and yeah, you give him credit for that. You give him credit for that, and and that's that's fine. But it's like, mm, it's rough. Um, so let let's let's get at it. Let's actually review this game. Really okay. quick, uh, Yandel scores a power play goal, uh, make it one nothing again. Fourth time in the last five games that the Sharks given up a goal. First five minutes into the game, uh, nearly, you know, four minutes later, Alexander Barkov, who's, you know, if he's not in Florida, is probably like one of the most talked about players in the league. For uh, sure, you know, he gets his tenth from Dadenov and Huberdeau, and Huberdeau, another guy that's. Um, you know, that's that's on the rise big time. Um if the Sharks get a break, they get Ekblad interferes, uh and goes off to box and the Sharks score on the power play off the draw there. LeBanc his eighth of the season, Carlson and Kane, and that's their first power play goal in eleven games. You know, last one, like I said, November sixteenth against Detroit. Um you know I mean Great, that's terrific, yeah. but at the same time, one for twenty-three with this off with this talent, it just is scary uh, to me. So only down two-one, uh, they were outshot twelve-nine, and there both teams were one for one in the power play. Uh, second period, this is this is where I always got frustrating, and, and you tell me if I'm like completely off, Ian. You know, okay. Kane takes a blind set hit from Uyghur. There was no call. Mm-hmm. And we've seen these blindside hits before where it's shoulder. It looks like it was shoulder on shoulder and glances the head. Yeah. Look, I, I don't know if there is. I, I, because you only saw the one angle. So I don't know. Like, I don't want to say, oh, that was a terrible head. Hit. It wasn't, it wasn't a good hit. Like it was definitely a predatory hit. Was it a head hit? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know if it was a shoulder that carried through to the head. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, it's hard, but I don't, do I like that hit? No. Do I think that's a hit that players have been suspended for previously? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And this one goes no call and it gets Kane upset. Uh, you know, and at times he has a short fuse. He gets back on the ice, uh, and goes after Uyghur, drops the gloves with him. Uh, and then he gets two, five and 10. Yeah. And, and the one thing I mentioned on Twitter was, is that this is the ref's fault. If they even call a two-minute minor, you know, for a blindside hit or interference or whatnot, 
if you call something, this doesn't happen. And yeah, instead- this is a really you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't situation for Evander Kane because, like, no one on his team went and stuck up for him. You know, um, and I and I know that Kane got a lot of crap on on Twitter because obviously the end result was obviously he gets you know two five and ten, yeah. um, which obviously that sucks that's you know it's that sucks there's no two ways around it um and that hurt the team like that really that really impaired the team because again you know this this team doesn't have forward depth yeah mm-hmm. um and so you know when you're trying to manufacture goals when they're not coming um you know having a guy who you pay seven million dollars a year for sit in the box for 17 minutes isn't exactly ideal no. um as for the play though i mean this is this is the kind of thing right like when when the when the meatheads i should say that but i'm, I'm gonna go with it. you know when the, when the people who are like super like oh you know this is you know when guys stick up for themselves and they could just give everyone a concussion none of this shit happened no this shit happened all the time right but that being said, when when those guys say well, the instigator rule, you know, that's what ruined hockey. Yes, that's what you know, this is exactly the kind of play they're talking about, you know, right. where a guy makes a predatory hit and then somebody goes to answer the bell or even the same player goes to answer the bell, you know, because obviously the refs didn't do anything, tries to take matters into his own hand and then gets slapped with the instigator. Mm-hmm. That being said, I can count on one hand, the number of times I've seen that called, including that call. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, so there's that problem, right? Um, I mean, I don't really, it sucks because I understand what Kane's doing and I understand that I, I, you know what? It's a damage. Like if I put, like you said, yeah, if I, if I'm in that, if I'm in that, if I'm in Vander Kane's shoes, I'm probably going to go do the exact same damn thing. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to go and, if no one else is going to, if my team isn't going to stick up for me and the refs aren't going to protect me, well, what other option do I have, right? And, you know, you could you could say, okay, well, maybe you wait till later in the game. So what, I can get ejected? Right. Like, you can't wait. You just, you just can't win if you're Evander Kane. And I, so, I mean, I see it from both sides. I, I will give him a pass for this, even though I think it definitely hurt the team. But I just, I don't know what else the hell he's supposed to do. Yeah, and, and there's and there's that. It's 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 tough because you are upset. You have a guy that went after you, and honestly, I I think not to relate it to anything you know outside the rink, but if somebody you know hit you on the the side of the head, you'd be pissed and want to go after them too. I I totally get that, um, you know. But it it hurt the team. It hurt the team in the long run, and and unfortunately. Right after the uh, in- the two minute instigator was uh, ended, a power play influencer, Matheson gets his first of the year from Ekblad and Vertrano at six thirty two. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. Those are the little things that you kind of go, okay, they just scored, make it a two goal lead for Florida. No, but I mean, yeah, that's that's the case. But at the same time, you have that psychological battle. Yeah, and I think it's... and I think that's kind of been with the Sharks for a long time. That psychological battle that gets in their heads and it just deflates this team right afterwards. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, like you know, again, you want to see, you know, I'm seeing in the chat too. You know, you want to put the Ted team with how little the instigator gets called though. I would have done it. 
Like, I, I get it, you know, like, yes, the end result sucks. And with the hindsight of 2020 going after a guy like that and actually drawing an instigator penalty, that's the thing that's the, the that's the frustrating part, right? Is because it's not that he drew the instigator penalty. It's the fact that the instigator penalty is so rarely called. And then just, I don't know, boom, instigator. Like, it's not a very common penalty. That's the frustrating part. For if you're a Vander Kane, that's the part I'm mad at because you see the instigator called so little in this league that, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, really, you're going to call that now after all of that? Like, I, I get that, you know, people are upset because, you know, he took himself out of the game and probably yeah. took the Sharks out of the game with it. I, You know what? Hindsight 2020. I'm not disagreeing with you guys. You, no. You're right. He, it was a dumb thing to do. But with how little I mean, I would have played. You know, I don't blame him for playing the odds on that situation either of the instigator actually being called because it gets called so little. And, and it's and it's tough. And, and he take you know, and uh, you know, like Robin, you know, <laughs> he was standing up for himself. Uh, yeah. But uh, and also he's saying the refs have a vendetta against the sharks. Well, they're never going to believe that. I, I do. Well, I mean, there's certainly. There's certainly the refs aren't doing anything to dissuade that opinion no, lately, no, aren't they? No, uh, looking through some stats that I, I pulled up while during the game, you know, Sharks have had 93 power play opportunities this season. Uh, they have allowed 109 power play opportunities against them. That one, the 109 power play opportunities against, is tied with Ottawa for the most in the league. You know what, though? But here's another thing, and they, too. And they don't, I, I would, they don't if you look at a lot of those, I would I would say a lot of those penalties are also lazy penalties taken by tired defenders that are out there for 15 million hours a game. Absolutely. While they play Tim Heed for three minutes. Like, I, I don't want to get into that, but I'm just saying, like, when people are tired, you're more likely to take penalties. And I think you would look at a lot of those penalties I've taken. I'm not, and look at, I'm not saying that the Sharks have had, haven't been given the raw deal by the refs in more than a few games this season. But you also, again, you know, like tired, tired defenders make, you know, make mistakes right. that lead to penalties. Yep. That's happened a lot too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> and it's, and it's, and it's frustrating to see, you know, uh, uh, Hoffman goes off for interference that, rolls over to to uh the third period i thought the sharks had a good period there in the second but they had nothing to show i mean Bobrovsky was on his game to this evening yeah um yeah that's that I, I think that um yeah the sharks weren't like the sharks weren't completely terrible in this game like they looked a lot better in this game than they did against tampa at the end of the day though i mean you know effort counts for exactly that well oh they tried hard but you have to win games at some point too. And the sharks, right. You know, like they can only, they can only rest on their, their amazing November for so long before guess what? November is a distant memory and you're back at the bottom of the barrel again. Yeah. Um, looking at, looking at it here. Um, you know, JL saying the sharks are screwed when Johnny T chose his bed sheets over money. <laughs> well, uh, would have replaced Pav's production goes to front of the cage offensive catalyst. Instead, we blow our one in K65. Yeah, that's hard because like and it's hard because like and maybe this opinion is becoming less and less popular. But I still I still walk away from Joe Pavelski at the end of last season because 
unless you're going to get them for one more year at, at, at you know, at decent money, yeah. you, you can't sign a guy at that age for, you know, for three years. We've seen this again and again. I mean, Patrick Marlowe is a San Jose Shark this year because for the same reason he was signed to just a stupid amount of money for three years. Like if you look at guys that have gotten the Marlowe deal, like it hasn't worked out for anybody. Um, you know, you, you look at a similar deal signed, uh, obviously the Marlowe one didn't work out. Um, I don't think the Pavelski one's going to work out for Dallas. Ilya Kovalchuk sure as hell not working out in LA. Well, like, look at that bullet. Look at, but that's what I'm saying. Like, look at those deals. Like, I understand what Pavs brought to the team, and I understand that that Pavs. There's definite plays where Pav, the Joe Pavelski is definitely missed on this team. But if they had brought him back, maybe you get this season out of him. But by the end of it, that's be one of the worst deals on the team, unfortunately. And it's not like he's, you know, destroying the competition right now. Thirty-one games, six goals, seven assists, thirteen points. It's not exactly Pavelski-esque so far. You know, he's got one one goal in his last five. And, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and, sure. on, and honestly, yeah, we could have saved the cap space for Nyquist. I would have loved that. Or Don Squay, who was on a four-month schneid. I think that kind of did him in. You know, and Pavs wanted more money, more years. But at the same time, you you can't – we, we kind of get – I hate to say this. We kind of got to get over Pavs. Just like yeah. how we have to kind of get, we had to get over Patrick Marlowe for the longest time. So here, here, something in the chat too. Like uh, we're talking, like obviously about about Eric Carlson signing, right? Like, yeah. and and I think, like honestly, after that slow start, I think Eric Carlson's been great for the Sharks. But obviously, that contract has caused problems for the Sharks, right? Like right. Th- those two things can be true. Um, and, and and the problem, you know, it's one of those situations where the Sharks have been the bridesmaids so many times in these free agent signings. And then, you know, sometimes I think maybe you lose sight of the bigger picture and and, and you're just you're so excited to just be the bride for once. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, crap. But where's the rest of the cap space that I have? Right. And that and I think that's the thing of trying to get back to the cup final and being that one. Being finally getting that one, so you know, and of course, I see a lot of people talking about Dylan. The more and more that he stands alone as the, your only option to move somebody, the less less is more likely to get for him. To be honest, so, yeah, he's a left shot defenseman. I mean, they don't exactly get you a premium, unfortunately. If he shot the other hand, um, then you know, you that'd be great. Uh, unfortunately, left shot D, um, it sucks because. You look at the cap space. You look at the guys that need money. I don't know how they keep Brendan Dillon going forward. That's just that's just the reality of the situation that they've created, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, he's the obvious guy at this point. Unfortunately, that is the only real liquid asset you have, um, unless you're going to you know, and whether you have to use him to get rid of. Uh, um, uh, you know, maybe you have to use him as a sweetener to, you know, or a chaser Whoa. to so someone take a crappy content. Holy moly. Holy mackerel. Or since you're close to Toronto, holy mackinac. Four paws up for hockey. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for the therapy session. Pabs would not save us either. We needed better goalie and forwards. Um, I, I, I kind of feel bad. We kind of have to leave that up for a bit. So uh, four paws. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, but and here's the other thing too, right? Jeff Turner, come on, 
you know, Eric Carlson has been one of our better players. And Brent Burns, I think, gets a lot of he's not getting a like at the start. There was a lot of like, well, Brent Burns has been doing terrible. But damn that Eric Carlson, like Brent Burns also is eating a significant amount of cap for the amount of not great he's been. You know, and and that's the thing that I think is has been the problem is you had the team, right? Mm-hmm. You had Brent Burns started about here. Eric Carlson started about here. Eric Carlson has come up, but Brent Burns has kind of just stayed there. Yeah. He hasn't really, you know, and that's that's frustrating too. And it's but the problem is is that the reason why Burns doesn't get the the hell that a lot of you know that that. Uh, Eric Carlson gets is because Eric Carlson was the last guy signed. He was the guy that completely tipped like his contract. I don't say he was the guy, but his contract was the one that completely tipped over the apple cart. And and for that matter too, when Burns signed his big deal, which was a big deal at the time, uh, up until Dowdy, you know, decided to get a ridiculous deal. uh, um, There was some question about Burns's deal. And also, it also helps that he had, uh, you know, Norris candidates going to all-star games and such. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of put brushes that aside. It also helps that the Sharks were two wins away from a Stanley Cup. Sure. Um, oh, absolutely. So I mean, I, look. I mean, that's that's kind of where I see it. And this, and it's like, and it's not like the Sharks are the only team in the league that are signing these deals either. Right. Like that. This is the reality of it. If you want to pay these guys, unfortunately, you have to pay them well past they're going to be good, and you have to pay them a lot of money. That's just the reality of the situation. Like the problem is for the Sharks is they've gone to that well one too many times, and now you can't. You know, it's you're having trouble with filling in the depth around it. Right. You have like there's I think there's definitely some there you have a, a couple of elite players on this team. The problem is, is you still need a supporting cast. This isn't basketball. Right. Like you can't have one guy carry you to a championship. Well, maybe you can have two in Edmonton. We'll see how that turns out in the playoffs. <laughs> right. But like, I mean, Edmonton aside, this isn't a recipe for success. Right. Well, uh, Chris says, you know, and he mentions it a lot of people. With a lot of things we're pointing at the Colleen from Burns as well. Uh, yeah, def- absolutely. I was one uh, of them. You know, Michael Meyer, look at Toronto's Capel. You know, and they're a young and up and coming team, and they've paid a boatload to their kids for a very long time. Um, you know. Yeah, you know, but again, so. you need, the, I mean, I would, if I look at the, the, the situ, the difference there is is all those guys aren't going to be 38 by the time their deals are done. Like, those guys are coming into the best years of their career, whereas the Sharks, you look at, you know, when Vlasic's up, when Burns is up, when, you know, when some of these contracts are up, these guys are going to be well in their 30s. Those guys in Toronto, at least they're going to be in their, what, late 20s when their deals are up? Mm -hmm. Where they're going to Like, I would rather have Toronto's situation than ours, because their situation, I think you can win with that. And that and that's and that's what um and that's what uh uh you know Dubas was going for there and, and, and well not just Dubas I should say pa- that's what Patrick Mile was going there for so and anywho uh does Martin Jones have a full no move no I believe he um if I'm not mistaken he, it's a modified no trade it's yeah he's the, got, like, it's, he it is the list. 
Doug Wilson special. Most of these guys that don't have no move clauses, they have like a three team list that you can trade them to. And Martin Jones is one of those players. Uh, Last I checked, I'm going to confirm that, but I'm almost positive it's a three team trade list. Yeah, it's a three team trade trade list. list. Like, give me a break. (laughs) Yeah, how, oh, I, I don't understand how anyone can defend Doug Wilson at this point, because look at I get that you, you know, like he's Doug Wilson has done a lot of good things like this isn't a black and white thing. You know, I said this in discord yesterday. This isn't a black and white thing. You you you, you don't have to be all bad or all good. Doug Wilson's done a lot of great things for this team. But these this last group of contracts that he's handed out are going to bury this team, yeah. period. Uh, and you have seven contracts that have a modified no trade or a no move. Right, which is supposed to be flexibility. But when you can trade to three teams, how flexible is that? Yeah, it's not a no-movement clause. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Well, final stats on the night. I mean, yes, they scored another goal, and and then they, you know, put it in an empty netter. Not the fun night uh, for Sharks hockey. Uh, And trust me, I think the Sharks are going to be a bunch of guys that are, are probably one of the few don't want to get the heck out of the Sunshine State uh, for sure. The final stats, 33-31 in favor of Florida. Faceoffs were about even. The Sharks had a slight advantage there on the power play. The Sharks did finally get off of their power play. Schneid one for three on this one. Panthers do go two for four, marking the second time that the Sharks allowed two power play goals uh, in, you know, in this game. Um, uh, you know, Outside Evander Kane's 8:35, everybody was was well into the into the double digits. Gambrell and Gregor probably the next closest at at just a shade under 11 and a half minutes. Uh, the, the defense was you know the same around you know Heat and Dylan with the low spots at 18:35. Uh, even Carlson and Burns played 20 to 22 respectively. So. Uh, Doug Wilson will never be fired as long as Plattner's. Uh, you know what? I don't know because, man, if that arena keeps getting as empty as it is, eventually maybe, you know, maybe Hassel Plattner starts looking at his pocketbook and says, hmm, maybe I need someone else to start looking at things. I, don't, I never say never. Like, I, I, I am of the opinion, too, that he probably gets promoted out of his job and not fired. But never say never, man, because if that arena gets any more empty uh, for any more stretch of time, all bets are off, in my opinion. Yeah. And... um you know, we all know about what the Niners did today, and that can't help the shark situation for sure. Uh, when when it comes to spending the dollar and such, um, you know, it doesn't help that the Warriors are are muy el stinko grande, but uh, you know, that's that's how it is in the world of professional sports and fighting for that dollar big time. So, all right, with that, is it time? Yeah, why not? All right. Give us something to smell about. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. It's wraparound time, folks. Uh, good news. Let, let's be honest. Good news. The Rangers are up 4 nothing on the Las Vegas Knights. Uh, Panarin, Creter, Truba, and Fast goals uh, to make it 4 nothing midway through the second period. In Chicago, it's tied up 3-3 between the Desert Dogs and the Blackhawks. DeBrincat uh, uh, with his eighth, Taves his sixth. Uh, currently, in the first period, Buffalo is up 1-0 on the Edmonton Oilers. Kyle Oposo, uh 
uh, with the goal there. Uh, earlier today, the Winnipeg Jets, thank you very much. Uh, 3-2 over the Ducks uh, in the Temu Solani Bowl. Hellebuck did not hella suck with his victory there. Shifley with two goals in that one. The Panthers beat us 5-1, and that's what <laughs> that's the latest in the on a Sunday of the wraparound. Uh, <laughs> you care to take this one on, Ian? Doug Wilson Jr. is your next Sharks GM. Um, it would that that type of a situation wouldn't shock me at all, unfortunately, and that's that's unfortunate because I think you'd have one. Because again, I feel like you know the the likelihood. I, I, I'm not saying that Doug Wilson can't be fired, but the likelihood is he gets promoted out of his position and then someone else steps into the GM role. Um, Doug Wilson Jr. Um, is a guy that the fans seem to like right now. Um, but, you know, that's based on one draft where they took a player in Ryan Merkley who is not your typical, you know, that's not your typical Sharks pick. So it feels like a, a change in philosophy. I just... And I'm not look at I I still really like Ryan Merkley as a player. Um, you know, is it concerning that you know a guy who's got a bunch of points this year in the OHL doesn't even get an invite to Team Canada's camp? Yeah, that's that that concerned me a little bit, as well as everything else. But let's I don't want to put this evil out there, but just hear me out for a second. Hypothetically, down the rabbit hole, Ryan Merkley doesn't work out. How how positive is that? You know how positive is the reception of Doug Wilson Jr. if that happens, right? Because right now he's the, the he's the shiny new toy um, right. that we all seem to like. But I don't know if you know if it's another missed first round pick. You know I don't know how receptive the fans would be. Like, oh, this guy's going to be the GM now. Um, it's you know I don't again I don't put the evil out there. I it's an interesting, but it's still an interesting thought, and I'm. It would, you know, I think, I think if that did happen tomorrow, I think some people would be like, "Holy effing nepotism," um, but I think some people would be really positive towards that change. I don't know. I'd have to see what came if it was just more of the same or not. But I'm just curious, you know, with a little more time put in, how receptive Sharks fans would be to that. Because I think today they'd be positive with that change. Um, I think some would be, you know, I think if a fair pocket would be anyway, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's not something, uh, the, the, the jury's still out on that one. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, until we really see, it's, you know, it, we, we have, a, we have a track record to judge Doug Wilson on Doug Wilson jr. Not so much. Right. And, and let's be honest here until Merkley gets into the NHL and, and let's see what impact he has. Yeah. The jury's going to be out. I mean, you can't just go for and, that there. Michael Meyer also brings up a good point because I think it's very it, it's very important. Like I know, I I know like you know I throw like Hasso needs to you know to do something because he owns the team or whatever. But um, it's hard because you really you want that perfect level of ownership involvement, right? You don't want them to be completely meddling like you have in Vancouver, mm. where they meddle to the yes get get it in. <laughs> Thank you. Did somebody say Vancouver? Okay. Thank you. You don't Sorry. want that situation where the owner meddles to obvious to the obvious detriment of the team, right. but you don't want them completely hands off where the inmates run the asylum either. And I feel like, you know, in, in Hassel Plattner, to his credit, he spends the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you you could do a lot worse for an owner than than Hassel Plattner. You could probably do better. 
Um, but you could do a lot worse. Yeah. And, and I mean, you could be on a, on the cheap side. I mean, you could look at what Melnick has done in Ottawa and make it really bad. Or you can do something and be proactive and go for it all. And I mean, let's be honest. When we've when we've spoken to Doug Wilson, uh, you know, you get appreciative. He he gets appreciative of how much Hasso uh, gives him uh, to go out and spend the money to make this yeah. team a, a, a cup contender year in and year out. So. Right. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, you could see where the Sharks are hemorrhaging ticket holders to, you know, to just apathy and everything else in the Bay Area. And you could have the owner, you know, respond to that by pulling the purse springs. That didn't happen. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, you could hold out for a new arena if Google wants to take over or, or whatnot, but he's not doing that right now. So. That's a whole other topic. Anywho, yeah, that's that's another yeah. uh, rabbit hole. We'll 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 give you a quick bear. Ooh, barracuda! That's right. It's so quick you don't get the full intro. Uh, they 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 went one zero and one in uh, Ontario. They destroyed them nine to two on Friday night. They lose in a shootout five to four. Um, you know. <laughs> The the boys down down in the AHL are, are helping out, so we got some hope, folks. We we got some hopes, uh, and that will be uh, very key. Uh, I I know as we just got this in uh, the moment that was it's the the there goes my tongue acting like the Sharks play tonight. Uh, the moment when Wyshynski retweets you, so that's always good to see. Uh, so wish if you're watching, thank you. Um, hope you're enjoying the Bay Area. I remember when, like, highlight of like when I was writing nonstop, and when my one of my articles got picked up and like used in a wish piece, that was like gold for me, the best. Hey, the I, best. Even I, if you disagreed with me, right? <laughs> hey, you have that. I got retweeted by Steve Dangle this week. I, I that I'm I'm working my way up. So, all right. So, um, Tuesday, Nashville. Heaven help us. <laughs> <laughs> enough said all right well in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube soundcloud spotify tune in iheart radio you name it you love it stitcher you know if there's one we're missing let us know uh and of course you can always hit us up on the social on all the social media platforms, you can find us there. Ian, thank you for coming in uh, yeah. last minute. I know uh, I was all riled up here, and and, and thankfully you calmed me down. Um, That's what I'm doing. Your final thoughts are where the people can find you. Um, you can always find me at Ian Blogs Hockey, trying really hard to not like to try and keep the even keel Twitter feed going. <laughs> I know it's getting a little hysterical as the uh, as the games drag on here. It's hard, man. Like, I mean, look at your your four games in December. You've been outscored twenty to six. It's hard to keep an even keel with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can find me there. Uh, final thoughts: the, the the Sharks need to, if they can't keep pucks out of their net, then it's gets really hard to put pucks in the net and if you're not putting pucks in the net and you can't keep them out of your net like look at you're averaging five goals a game in december so far and again that's just an arbitrary period of time that i'm picking on but 
you have to, I mean, they have to keep the puck out of their net. And if they can't find a way to do that, then nothing else is going to follow. Because this team has proven now, I think we've we've gone far enough in the season now, this team isn't going to win shootouts with teams. Yep. You're not going to win scoring races with teams. You're going to have to figure out how to keep the puck out of your own net. And that's going to be really difficult when Martin Jones is starting the most of your games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, we'll be back with you on Tuesday night following Sharks and Predators. However, for more of a fix, uh, tonight at 8 p.m., the Pucknologist will go live with Ian Rocket and Hockey Jerk. Uh, so AJ, he, not me. Um, AJ. Oh, God. Uh, uh, I'll catch hell for that later. Uh, <laughs> but AJ, Rocket, and Jerk will be on to talk about the week that was in the Sharks hockey along with everything else that is going on around the hockey world. So stay tuned to the YouTube channel on that. And, of course, to do that, just hit our subscribe button that I'm going to pull up right now. And I'll see you on Tuesday night. And until then, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you tonight at 8 and on Tuesday.